Good morning and welcome and, and Merry Christmas. And uh, last week we, we talked about the prophecy from Isaiah. And he spoke of a child being born. Matthew 1 and 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, and when his mother was in spouse to Joseph, they came together, and she found was child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and a dream, saying, Joseph, thou the son of David, fear not, take thee, Mary thy wife. For thee which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. Now with all this done, that he might fulfill which was spoken of the Lord's prophecy, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. And Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did the angel of the Lord had hidden and took himself into his wife. And he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Now, when you've been doing this for a few years, you know, especially when Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, you have to, to bring forth a, a dynamic message around the birth of Christ. And sometimes that can be difficult when you take and you go and you look at the same subject matter and you want to bring something fresh and new and also something impactful. It's important that we think upon what the Lord has given us and that it seeps into us and, and changes us that it brings our connection with him closer. And oftentimes when we get into these calendar-driven messages, it can become more of a, a tradition. It can become just the way we always do it. And we never want to get that way when it comes to God. We, we have a, a personal connection. We don't speak with our, our loved ones in rhythmic tones. We do not have, have chance. We do not want our messages to sound like a redundant prayer. We want to connect. We want to have, to have influence on our lives. So sometimes we have to work with what is, is current. I always leave myself open to what God has for us today. And we started out with the, the normal passages we might would hear from on the day. And we're going to start that as a, as a jumping off point and talk about how this fits into today's world. Now we're sitting here on, on Christmas Day in church. And you know, the other night we were riding around and we were looking at, at lights. And one thing is I, I noticed that some of the, the church signs had on there that there will be no services on Christmas Day. And in fact, I was even asked myself, would we have services on Christmas Day? 
And as a born-again believer, as a pastor, and um, as a Christian, I find all of these things very troubling. Because even though as, a, as a, a Bible scholar, as a teacher, we know that not everything that we do on this day is for Christ. We know that he wasn't born on the 25th. We know that he wasn't even born in December. But we have set aside this day to represent these things. And we have taken these things from other places and we have molded them and we have put the stamp of Jesus on it. At least that's what we're supposed to do. He is to be fourth and foremost. Jesus is number one in our lives. Now, the weather today made it a little bit difficult to make my point across for this message because it gave many of us a real good excuse to, to stay in today. I know our friends up north are having a rough time of it. I've seen some of the videos and stuff of how quickly the snow is laid and, and some of the difficulties they're facing. And even down here in Florida, it's getting a little colder than we're all used to. And I know for, for many of us that for are sick or advanced in age and are suffering from different things, that sometimes on a day like today can be very hard to get out. But you know, God knows these things too, and he knows your heart. And even though if you can't physically be here today, that you can spiritually be there. And he knows where you want to be. So take heed in that, that we're not talking about people that are not here by their own choice, but for everyone else. When we get to the point where tradition and these kinds of events come before the Lord, it has become an idol in our lives. Last week we talked about how we need to be that example and what kind of an example are we making today? We made sure that everything was in order for this morning. We made sure the turkey was in the oven. But did we make sure that we worshipped our Lord and Savior? That has literally given us everything so we can have salvation. So we can have freedom. So we can have our connection restored. So we can have provision. So we can have healing. So we can have everything that we need. His finished work was on the cross. But it started... Way before that. Started back in Genesis when God said, Let's make man in our even image. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. 
or man would fail and we would need a savior. I heard an inspirational speech and it was from Steve Harvey. And he was telling that we have to realize that we are made in God's image. We have to understand that we have that connection to him. And without that connection, nothing in our lives is going to go right. He is the source of everything that we need. Jesus fills that hole, that void that we have inside of us. Everything that we do and everything we need revolves around him. He left the splendor of heaven to come here to this world that's enraged by sin. Not as a king, not even as a man, but as a baby. Entrusted to Mary and Joseph to be protected to the point that he could stand up on his own. The son of a carpenter, not a king. And through all this, he endured doubt and ridicule and opposition and ultimately death so we can have the gifts that we enjoy today. No matter what you may have found underneath your tree this morning is nothing compared to what Jesus has given us. Nothing that we ever can do, can give, can present, could ever equal up to what he's given us. And it was done freely. Not because of a, an upside, not because of a quid per quo, because he loves us. And we can't seem to even make an effort. So we rode around and looked at the, the lights. We saw a lot of Santa Clauses. We saw a lot of snowmen and reindeer and Grinches and all of these other characters. You know, what I was looking for is the word Jesus spelled out in bright colored lights. I was looking for nativity things that represent the birth, the showing him in the manger. And they were few and far in between. 
And when you did see one, it looked like that there was a whole lot of people at that birthing event. The aforementioned Grinches and Santa Clauses. And they seemed to shadow and just overwhelm the focus of what we should be focused on. Many of our radio stations play Christmas music during this time. And of course, trying to get into the spirit, we, we tune in. We hear a lot about the Christmas tree and its pretty colors and rocking around it. We hear a lot about who's coming to town. You know, the snowman and the Santa Claus. We hear about the weather and the snow. But yet, there's very few about our Lord and Savior. So it got me thinking, what is the most popular? So I did a little bit of research and I looked at a a top 100 list and I went through it one by one by one to look at the, the titles. And many of them I've heard many times, very familiar with, know what they're all about. So I started counting every time that I found one that was about our Lord and Savior, about his birth, about what this season is supposed to represent. And every time I found one, I held up a finger. I got all the way through the top 65. And I looked down at my hand. I only had two fingers up. So we kept going to 100. And I only gained three more. As we... Flip through our streaming services and we look at all their little holiday categories. We see all the animated adventures about these characters. And we see all of the comedies about the chaos that the holidays ensue. But what's missing? There's no Jesus. There's no big screen displays of his birth. As I was doing some research for today's topic... I was glancing through some different articles and some different things. And there's actually people that have published study material that tries to tie Bible verses to Santa Claus. 
And I say try because that's complete falsehood. Cover to cover, there is no one in this book that wears a red suit and delivers toys. And my friends, is Satan trying to take our focus off what is truly important? Oh, and then I came across another article that tries to be more inclusive. See, for many people, the, the virgin birth is an obstacle for them. Because we have to believe in the power of God. Because that goes against science, it goes against nature, and is strictly all Him. You know, I told you that everything God does have purpose. But this article went on to say that Perhaps there was a mistranslation and that the word virgin used here was meant a, a girl that, a young girl that was of that age that may or may not have been a virgin. And I specifically picked today's passage to show that This was not the case. That it was God's power. First of all, because it was the prophecy and God had to fulfill his own prophecy. But there's more to it than that. When a baby is in the womb... It has its own placenta sac. It has its own blood supply. It gets nutrients from the mother, but yet everything it does is self-containing. It produces its own blood supply. And this is important to show that the bloodline of Christ was not tainted. That it was placed there by God. It wasn't influenced by a earth man. It wasn't influenced by the female. It was all God. Mary was working as a tool. Just as I tell, my, I tell you guys that I do many times, I'm just here to speak. She was there to carry that child. But that child's blood was pure, and it was the blood of God. The human body is amazing. Upon another article I was reading 
unbeknownst to this, was that if the mother has some kind of internal issue, some kind of organ problem, damage, failure, that the baby actually can send stem cells from its own placenta to the mother to help restore these things. And for all of you that like science so much, that have to have the science spin put on things, it's there for you. God has put it all there. He keeps constantly reminding us of his power. He keeps constantly reminding us of who he is, how great he is. All we have to do is open our eyes to see it. It's there. It wasn't no mistake. It wasn't no accident. We have both Mary and Joseph came from the line of David. The stable where he was birthed, David had that stable put in. God lines up each and every step along the way. He makes a way for us. He has it in his control. Satan doesn't want us to believe that. Satan wants to turn this into a story. Sometimes it's hard because I don't have a, a word that fits when we're talking about a, a specific event in the Bible. We call it a Bible story. And I don't like using that word so much because oftentimes we think about that as fiction. See, because we can, many have people have family traditions, they'll read the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve. And that is a story. See, that's what Satan wants to turn this nativity scene into. It's nothing more than a story. Something that we read and look at for tradition. Something we read and look at because it's entertaining. Because it's something that we do. And we have the little pictures and the little figurines to go with it. And it just puts it together in a nice little package. But in reality, God is telling all this stuff because there's so much more. He's telling us that I fulfill my prophecies. He's telling us that this is God on earth. That he is different than every other baby that was born. And this is how. Because it came through God. It was God's power. It was the Holy Spirit that placed him here. He picked just the right people to care for this child. 
just the right time. It was a time of peace. Everything was lined up perfectly. Satan wants to draw our attention away from all that. And we talked about the last few holidays about, you know, they're not always represented in their entirety. So when we don't see that directly in the Word of God, we have to filter it through the Word of God and see what God has to say about it. And we know that God likes family. He likes us to come together, to worship together, to fellowship. God was all about feast. God's about giving. In the last few days before Christmas, I was in town quite a bit, finishing up some of my old things and making deliveries and doing what I need to be get done. And you spend a lot of time standing in line and waiting. That gives you an opportunity to, to listen. Sometimes talk to people. And for the, the season of, of peace on earth and goodwill towards men and all the joys of the season that it's supposed to bring, I was not hearing that. I heard people talk about, well, I'll be glad when it's all over. Oh, I don't want to have to deal with this family. Troubled about what to buy, how expensive things are, fulfilling lists, gathering all the things. Everyone you encounter seemed to be Upset, grumpy, sad. That's how, not how God wants us to be. And we have to, to look at why are we doing these things? We're not doing it to represent Jesus. Yes, now granted, sometimes we are going to suffer a bit in the name of Jesus because we have to stand up to the opposition and that's going to come against us. We were doing things out of tradition and out of because that's what the world tells us we need to do and that's because we've always done it and we do things like that. And we're not even representing Jesus in the process of it. There's no God in it whatsoever, and we're miserable for it. Who's winning there? Is that a a victory for, for God, or is that a victory for Satan? And we walk around, and we're supposed to be representatives, representatives of the kingdom of heaven. And we're walking around disgruntled and we're upset and we're pissed off and just 
not in very good spirits. And here it is. It's supposed to be our time. This is the time for Christians to celebrate our Lord and Savior. More than any time else. It's a celebration of his birth. And we're anything but happy. Satan is doing all he can to take Jesus from it. And when we do that, what is the point? When we have our leaders that stand up and give a Christmas message, and they on purpose and tactfully delete the name of Jesus from it. How is it can you stand before the people and talk about Christmas? And we're not talking about in a generic way. We're talking about pulling elements of the birth of Jesus Christ, but yet never mention his name. Calling him the child that some Christians believe is the Son of God. But we listen to that. He is more than a child. You can't clump Jesus in with everyone else. And my friends, you can't call yourself a Christian if you do not believe that he is the Son of God. And if you're not willing to stand up and say who he is and say who you are, that yes, he is the Son of God, And yes, he is my Lord and Savior. That is not a person that you need to be listening to. You know, the first thing that came to mind when I saw that is about someone that wants to avoid saying the name of Jesus is some of the passages in the Word of God where Jesus encounters demons and the demons tremble at his name. So maybe they uh, don't say his name because of they don't want to do some trembling. God's power is amazing. And we have all the facts that we need. He's given us every answer he's given us every way that we can believe that it's him see we satan tries to tell us that god is obscure and he's just trying to fool us 
But God gives us answers. And it is it's true. He prophesied that this baby would come, born of a virgin. And it happened. It may have not been this day, but it was a day very much like this day. We need to strive to make Christmas about Jesus again. And not only just about him, but how he would act. How he treated people. None of this disgruntled, hateful, grumpy attitudes, but with love and peace and understanding. And then we need to expand upon that. That don't need to be just a one-time-a-year situation. It needs to be a, a daily situation. You know, Jesus never told us to, to celebrate his birth. And I can imagine why. I can imagine that he was trying to avoid having an annual event. That our connection with God that's restored by him is a daily event. That's the purpose. To save us and to restore that relationship and giving us a daily connection. Jesus is more than his birth and his death. We get so fixated on these things and we lock it in and we don't leave ourselves room to expand. Every day should be Christmas. Every day should have Christ in it. 